Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to a brand new message. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Uh, so glad you guys could all be here. Anyone happy to be here today? Amazing. Hey, Church Online family, so glad you guys could be here. We love you as well and just honored that you could be here. We've been in a series going through the Gospel of Mark for nine weeks, kind of like 11 weeks though. Uh, she done. She done. Someone say she done. So uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to go where God leads. And I believe that God uh, has a word for us. So I want to be in John chapter 15 this morning. Uh, famous passage. Uh, if you've never heard it, I'm going to read it for you right now. John chapter 15, verse one says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I want to call our message this morning, and then you can be seated. I just want to call our message, check your source. Check your source. Can we clap our hands for the worship team? So good. You guys can be seated. So pumped everyone could be here this morning. Uh, again, in person, online. Just love you guys. Uh, something's happened, uh, and Christy and I, my wife, uh, our household, uh, since we had babies, and it kind of happened slowly, but it's happened surely. And in the last couple of years, uh, we really don't have a lot of phone chargers in our house. Now, I don't exactly know what happened, because when we first got married, uh, our house was filled with an abundance of phone chargers. Like we had two in our room, we had one in the kitchen, we had one in the basement. Uh, but like I do know when the babies were born, uh, we used uh, some old phones and old iPads, iPads for white noise. And so like a charger went there, uh, but like, I don't know what happened to the rest. And so today, the reason I'm telling you guys the backstory is today I only have one charger in my house. And... Christy and I have two phones. And so it's very inconvenient. And so because we only have one charger and two phones, what happens like 99% of the time is that our batteries are running on low. Anyone can experience what I'm experiencing? And so like Christy and I, we follow Jesus. We love the Lord. So obviously we have Apple products and um, we both have iPhones again because we're saved. And... (laughs) And on the iPhone, uh, it has this this function, and maybe you guys have seen it. It's called low power mode. You guys know low power mode? And so it kind of seems like all day, every day, our phones are in low power mode. And it's extremely inconvenient because we wake up and our phones are in low power mode. And when you wake up and your phone is like 20% charged, you're playing catch up all day. Right? And, and it kind of seems to happen, like a lot of times, like I'll be on a phone call or I'll be doing something and my phone will like be dying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my phone's dying. Chris, I need the charger. And sure enough, she's plugged in. And I'm like, let me in. She's like, I'm at 
I'm like, I'm at 15. I guess it's yours. <laughs> now, I understand that these are extremely, extremely first world problems. However, we all know this to be true, is that if you're running on low power, it kind of sucks. And I hope you guys understand that I didn't come here today to preach to you about phones. But I began to wonder as I thought about the low power mode this week, I began to wonder how many of us, come on somebody, have been running on low power mode. I wonder how many of us wake up each and every day and we feel like it's a struggle just to get to lunch. I began to wonder how many of us feel like I just need to be plugged into something because I'm running on low. What I want to do this morning is I want to preach a message that I think is going to be extremely, extremely helpful, especially for the season that we are currently in. I know for a lot of us, the last number of months, the last 15 months have been extremely difficult. I think it's been difficult for all of us. But the truth is, what I think has made it even more difficult is that we have been trying to live in this season, in this difficult season, but we're running on low power. And so it kind of feels like we're constantly and continually just trying to catch up. But what I want to do this morning is I want to speak to a church, <laughs> to a people that might feel like they've been in Groundhog's Day for the last 15 months where I just wake up every day and every day is like the last. I believe that God wants us to break that cycle. And more than that, I believe that God does not want us to live on low power. I believe the Bible says in John chapter 10, 10, that God came to give us life and life abundant. He wants us to be overflowing. And so what I want to do this morning is I want us to learn how to check our source. And I believe this morning is going to be a very practical message, but I also hope it's a challenging message. And I want to challenge us this morning because I believe that when we are challenged, we grow. And I believe sometimes it's in the things that we don't want to hear that God needs us to hear. So what I want to do is I want to read from John chapter 15. It's, it's the verse that we looked at um, off the top. But what I want to do is I want to set the context first. Um, so for those of you guys in the building, how many of you guys have a, a real Bible this morning? Like a physical Bible. Come on, somebody. A few people. Um, the rest of you guys, we'll pray for you. Um, but if you guys ha have a Bible, um, you might have a red-letter Bible. Anyone have a red-letter Bible? Yeah. And what a red-letter Bible is, at home in the chat, you, you can let me know if you've got a real Bible there. Um, what a red-letter Bible is, is that all the words of Jesus are actually in red. Now, listen, on the app, you can get red-letter apps as well. Um, but I, I love John chapter 14 all the way to John chapter 17, because if you look at it in, like in, in a red-letter Bible, you will see that for three chapters, 95% of the text is all red. It's all, so what it means is that this is all the words of Jesus. And very specifically, it is the words of Jesus right before he is about to be handed over to be betrayed and eventually crucified. And so what I think is so awesome about John chapter 14 all the way to John chapter 17 is that Jesus is speaking to his disciples really some of the last words before he is about to die. And Jesus knew he was about to be crucified. And so I think it's really interesting what Jesus decided to talk about knowing that he was about to face his death. Now, if you guys are at home this week, you can read John 14 to 17 for today's purpose I'm going to be writing John chapter 15, um, and I'm just going to read like five verses, but I want to study them uh, because I believe 
in it, there's a very practical lesson. Now, Jesus, in typical Jesus fashion, uh, isn't really speaking plainly. Instead, he's speaking metaphorically. So, uh, John 15, verse 1. Are you guys ready to go this morning? Let's go. Online, in the chat, just say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. So, John chapter 15, verse 1, it says this. Jesus speaking, he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will become even more fruitful. So what you need to understand, if you guys have been around our church, I've said it before, Jesus spoke in a way in which the people would understand. He wasn't trying to be spiritual. He wasn't trying to be all that. He was trying to speak their language. And so he was speaking to a culture where as soon as Jesus started talking about vineyards and vines and branches, people would have known exactly what he was talking about. Now, now some people here today, I know that you are really experienced gardeners, so you know exactly what he's talking about as well. But for the rest of us that maybe don't know exactly what this means, my job today is to make it clear. So right here, Jesus says, I am the vine, my father is the gardener. So we learn of two of the characters. Number one, we learn that Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. That's the first character. Number two, he says, my father is the gardener. Character number two, we have God, who is the gardener. Now, he starts talking about branches. Who are the branches? The branches are you and I. Now, it's like, Harrison, how do you know that? Are you just kind of, no, no, John 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. That's how I know I'm not that smart. <laughs> Jesus just, just tells us. So we have three characters. I want to make sure everyone's following. We have Jesus the vine, God the gardener, and we have us who are the branches. Now, I really, I really want to, to, to illustrate this, and I want this to make sense because Jesus just says basically this is how plants work. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Now, can I, can I, can I, can I have my branch here? I did some, some, some gardening this morning. Um, and by gardening, I mean I ripped a tree in my backyard. Um, <laughs> but it's mine. So, uh, this right here is a branch. Everyone can see the branch online. You can, you can see the branch. Now, I want you to assume, because Jesus says we're the branch. I want us to assume, and, and, and when he's speaking here, he's probably speaking most likely of like a wine or a, a, a grape a vineyard kind of plant, whatever they're called. <laughs> um, this is some random tree from my backyard, but the anatomy uh, is very similar. Now, if you were to look at this and you knew nothing of how plants worked, in most trees, the beauty of the tree is found on the branch, right? It's got the leaves, in many cases, the fruits. And if you knew absolutely nothing of how trees worked, I would probably assume that the most important part of a tree was the branches. That's just where my mind would go. Because I think as a people, a lot of times we have the assumption that the things that we can see are that which is most important. So if it's got leaves, if it's got fruit, if it's got all this stuff on the outside going on, it must be the most important thing. Yet most of us know, hopefully, not I'm here to educate you, that a branch, and this branch is cut off. I literally snapped it this morning. When this branch is cut off, as beautiful as it is, if you think this is beautiful, you know that once it is disconnected from the vine, it's dead. It's nothing. It can look really good, but the truth is once it's disconnected, it's gone. So what, what, what Jesus is saying here, I'm just gonna, I might need that in a second. He, he basically says, 
for us. Listen, we are the branches. He says, I am the vine. Now, now this is extremely, extremely straightforward, but I wanted to illustrate it. But what Jesus is saying, if this metaphor runs true to life, what Jesus is trying to let us know is that the branch is only as powerful as the vine that it's connected to. And so even more than that, even more plainly, what Jesus is trying to say is that Jesus is the source of our strength. Jesus is the source of our strength. When he says, I am the vine, you are the branches, he's saying, I am the source of your strength. Jesus is the source of our strength. Now, I want to tell you why this is amazing news. This is amazing news. Why? Because too many of us, I got my keys in my pocket right now. (laughs) Sorry, online, if there was a weird thing there. Um, Too many of us live with this idea that says, I am the ultimate source of my power. So many of us live with the idea that says, everything that happens in my life, good is because of the good things that I do. If I make it, it's because of me. If I'm healthy, it's because of me. If I live good, it's because of me. It's all me all the time. I'm the source of my strength. I believe in myself. Believe in yourself. And I want you to understand something. When life is going good, when things are working out, when everything is falling into place exactly the way you want things to fall into place, it's actually quite awesome to think that you are the source of your strength. Because I can pat myself on the back and say, I did this. That was me. You see this house? Me. You see this job? Me. You see this family? Me. It was good. I'm the source of my strength. I do yoga every morning. Don't you understand? Clear my mind. It's really good to think that you're the vine when things are going well. But the truth is this, and I think why this is so applicable for right now is that I think in the last 15 months, most of us at some point have experienced a season, a time, or a circumstance where it's like, man, this is really hard. This just sucks. This isn't how I want things to go. This isn't how I wanted things to be. And so suddenly when things aren't going well, I don't want to be the source of my strength. But what happens is because we live in this way that says, I am the source of my strength. And that's our our natural predisposition. When things go wrong, we don't know what to do. And for a lot of us in the last 15 months, we've really experienced what it is like to have no control. When I don't control my schedule, when I don't control what's next, when I don't control what I can do. And so suddenly in that moment, it's like, man, I don't know if I want to be the source of my strength. You see, what I want us to understand is that in hard seasons and in hard times, it is actually freeing to know that I have something outside of myself. That's what Jesus is saying. I'll illustrate it like this. I read a story um, this week, or a few weeks ago, I should say, um, online. It was about a man, I believe in Alberta, um, and he had COVID. And because of the COVID, it got really bad. He was put into a medically induced coma. And um, basically, the doctors got to a point where they said, hey, he's not going to live. Now, the point of the article was that he did live, uh, which is good. And it was kind of saying that question was basically (laughs) question the doctors was the point of the article. You don't need to read it. There's a part that stuck out to me, though, that I want to share with you guys. Now, in the article, this man who was in the coma, he has four or five kids, I can't remember, and a wife. 
And what the wife said that they did every single day is that every single day they went and they surrounded him and they all sent him good vibes. Every single day they just sent him good vibes. But the part that stuck out to me the most was the woman said that every single day she would go to her husband's bedside and she would read him Tony Robbins. And if you guys don't know who Tony Robbins is, he's a motivational, inspirational speaker. Now, needless to say, I'm very happy that this man made it through. But I can't imagine the lady in that moment, the helplessness that you must feel when the person that you love the most is in a coma and all that you can think to do is to share Tony Robbins' inspirational quotes. But what is she doing? She's living in the way that she was predisposed. That what happens is going to be a result of the source of my own strength. Now, like I said, I'm very happy that the husband made it through. But what happens for the so many people that don't make it through? When all they have is themselves, when all they have is no hope, no future, they don't know what's next. You want to know what it looks like? It's very, very damaging. It's crushing. It's depressing to know I have nothing outside of myself. But what Jesus is saying and why it gives us hope is that when we understand that we have someone, something outside of ourselves is freeing. I'm not in this thing alone. Can I tell you for anyone that's going through hard things right now, you are not in it alone. We have a Savior who gives us hope. I've talked to so many people. I've talked to so many people in the last number of, year, number of months. And what they've said is like, you know what, like I can't imagine how I would get through this season if I wasn't a Christian. I don't know how I would do it. I don't know how I would ha have hope to go through. Now, 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 for some people, maybe when I share this story, you're like, well, what's the difference between like that lady and a Christian? Because a Christian would just share Bible verses. Like, what's the difference between Psalms and Tony Robbins? But the truth is this. What Christians have is not a Bible or a Bible verse. We have a Savior. And so what that means is that in the best of times, we believe that God is in control. In the worst of times, we believe that God is in control. And what we believe is that no matter what happens, God has overcome. That's the advantage when he is the source of our strength. And so in hard times, I can praise and I can read Psalm 121 that says, I lift my eyes to the hill. Where does my help come from? It doesn't come from me doesn't come from my strength, doesn't come from anything within me. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And so what that means is if I serve a creator God, I can have peace, not because things will always work out the way I want them to work out, because I serve a God that is above all. He is sovereign. He is in charge. He is the source of my strength. And so I began to just wonder, how many of us have been trying to get through this season without plugging into a source? Without leaning into this hope, without leaning into these promises? And I know for those of us who have plugged in, we can say with confidence, I don't know how I would have made it through this season without Jesus. I don't know how I wouldn't, would not be anxious, would not be worried, would not be scared without Jesus. Jesus is the source of our strength. So, 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 so here's a practical thing I want us to do this week. I just want, I'm really practical. I want to encourage us to plug in. I want to encourage us to plug in, to get connected. 
Now, I want to make this as practical as I can. Three things that you can do. I want to encourage you. Let's make a commitment, those in this room, those watching online, to say, I am going to come to church this summer. I am going to come to church this summer. Now, now, now listen, the beauty of online is you can come to church every single week. You don't have an excuse. I'm camping. You're not camping on Wednesday. Wednesday. On demand. But listen, let's make a commitment. Why? Because Jesus, I get connected to Jesus here, but I also get connected to people. And people help me point back to the ultimate source who is Jesus. And in my hard times, I need community. In my hard times, I need people that know my name. Let's make a commitment to say, I'm going to come to church. Listen, listen, listen. Anyone in this community, online, this watching, if you haven't been here in a long time, I want to make this challenge to you. Let's say everything goes back to normal. I'm praying. I want to encourage you, come back to church in the building. We're gonna, we'll, we'll connect with you online, 100%. Get connect, but I want to encourage you, connect in person. Because you need to see people, and people need to see you. That's the first thing. Number two is this, growth track. If you've not done growth track yet, if, if you're like, what is growth track? I want to encourage you, connect to our church, connect to our team. I think that God has created us to serve. And listen, online, same thing. You want to do growth track? Connect with us. We can do it online so many different ways. But one of the ways that we step into our purpose is when we serve. Growth track helps us to serve. But here's my most important appeal that I want to give to us when it comes to connecting. This is individual. I want to encourage us every single day Take it back. I want to encourage us to start with one day. And then one day can turn into the next day and the next day. But I want to encourage you to do your own devotions. And what I mean by that is, I mean, read the Bible, pray, find a book that you like, find an author that you like, and every single day carve out time to be with Jesus. Why? Because you need to connect to a source. And if you come to Growth Track, we can tell you, if you're like, I don't know how to do devotions, uh, we would love to help you out. Because here's the truth, and I I want us to understand this, because some of us are saying to ourselves, like, you know what, I don't don't feel that bad. The truth is this, if you've never been fully charged, you don't actually know if you're dying. If you've never experienced what it's like to, to fully, fully be connected to Jesus, you don't even know you're on low power mode half the time. It just becomes your natural disposition. But, but, but one thing I found in my life, and I'm going to be honest, like my, my devotional life, um, like I love to preach to you guys, um, but preaching doesn't necessarily fill me more than it does drain me because I'm like releasing. Um, so a lot of times like after the weekend, um, I, I literally feel like I'm on low power mode and I can't wait till Monday morning because on Monday morning I'm going to make my cup of coffee, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to read my Bible. And I'm going to read my books, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to connect to Jesus, and it literally refreshes my soul. And so listen, a lot of times, it's not until you start to do it that you'll see how empty that you were and how much you needed to get connected. So it's a simple appeal. Read one chapter a day in a book, in the Bible, pray for five minutes a day and see where it goes. The reason I said I, I stepped back from a week is because a week is hard, but I do know this. All of us can do it for one day. We can do it for one day and then just look at every day 
as a new day. Let's plug in because Jesus is the source. He's the source. Now, maybe a lot of us are sitting out here today, and it's like, you know what, Pastor? Like, um, to be honest, I feel pretty connected. To be honest, I feel like I'm plugged in. Like, I'm at the church, I serve, uh, I come every single week, and my devotional life is bomb. But I'm going to be honest, my life kind of sucks right now. Like, I feel like I'm going through the hardest season of my life. It doesn't make sense because I'm coming closer to God than ever before, but I feel like it's the hardest season of my life. I'm trying to do all those things. I'm trying to stay connected to the vine, but I feel like I'm not gaining. I feel like I'm losing. Can I be honest with you guys for a second? You guys okay if I'm honest for a second? Church online, you're honest. I can be honest. Sometimes, when you get closer to God, your life will actually become worse. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not talking about, like, you know, spiritually, emotionally. And, and like, what I'm saying is sometimes when you follow God, sometimes when you plug in fully, you'll still lose your job. Sometimes you'll lose your friendships. Sometimes you'll lose things that you thought that you needed. Sometimes, someone say sometimes, when I plug in, my situations actually appear to be worse. But I want us to make sense of it, and I believe that Jesus does. So again, John 15, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit... He prunes. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it will be even more fruitful. Now, for those of you guys uh, that don't know, Christy and I, we recently moved um, into a new house. And uh, new to us, but the house is like 20 years old. And one of the cool things about moving into an old house is that you got to kind of inherit some of their stuff. Uh, that you probably wouldn't have chosen yourself, but you reap the blessing. Like, for example, uh, in our new house, I have the guy's old shed. It's a huge shed in my backyard. As many of you guys know, I don't have many tools. So if it was just me, I probably wouldn't have my own shed. But I got the shed, and now my lawnmower goes in there, and my bikes. It's very empty, but I quite like it. Now, one of the other things that we inherited uh, from this house uh, was uh, a large garden bed in our front yard. We got a large garden bed. Now, my wife, um, she's as beautiful as a flower, uh, but I don't think she particularly cares about flowers. Um, and I told her uh, that it'll be a cold day, you know where, when I ever plant flowers. So we got this garden bed, uh, and uh, in the spring specifically, when everything started to melt, uh, it was real ugly. It was just full of all these, these dead things, dead plants, leaves, whatever. And so um, neither of us are really passionate about the garden bed. Um, and so it kind of just stayed that way uh, until one day I was like, I can't do it anymore. This thing's too ugly. I'm going to go and clean up the garden. So I went there one day and I just started to, to clean it up. I started to get rid of all the leaves, make it look nice, all of these, these dead branches and it was so interesting because the dead branches, I thought they were attached, but the moment that I grabbed them, they just withered really quick. It didn't take much. Just touched it and it just came off because it wasn't connected to anything. 
but I, I began to pull and, and to pry, and I just got all of, all of this junk, all of this garbage. I moved it out of the garden bed, and when I got everything out of the garden bed, I noticed something that I hadn't seen before. There was a bunch of little green shrubs. And what happened over the next number of weeks, I didn't garden, I didn't touch that thing. But all of a sudden, flowers began to grow. And what I realized, the lady who lived there before, she had planted one of these things that comes back. And listen, I'm not a gardener. But, but here's the point. Had I never uncovered all the stuff, had I never gotten rid of all the dead things, I wouldn't have had room for the good stuff to grow. I need us to understand this. Because what Jesus says, Jesus says that he prunes the tree. Why? So that it will become even more fruitful. So I want to speak over our situations right now. And maybe you're going through a hard season. Maybe you've lost some things. Maybe you've experienced pain. Maybe you've experienced hurt. Maybe you've experienced relationships ending. And we as humans have a tendency to always look at when we lose as evidence that God isn't in control. Or evidence that God is not working. Or evidence that God is not there. But I want to ask a question to us this morning. What if in this season, what if we haven't actually been losing? What if God's just been pruning? What if God's just been pruning? What if the hard things that we have gone through are actually meant to produce something? You see, I, I just have this belief that many of us mistake trials and tribulations as evidence that God isn't in control. When oftentimes, pain, troubles, heartaches are a picture of God pruning. So here's a point I want to bring up. I believe that pain is actually supposed to produce. Pain is actually supposed to produce. And so what this means and why this actually is empowering is because in my hardest situations, I don't have to always say this is a loss. This had no purpose. You see, a lot of times God will actually allow us to go through pain because many times pain will produce. And you're like, Harrison, that's just one, one verse. Like, there's nothing else. Let's go to James chapter 1 real quick. James 1 verse 2 says, consider it pure joy, come on somebody, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Hold on. Consider it what? Pure joy. Whenever you face trials. Why? Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Come on, what if this isn't a losing season? What if it's a pruning season? What if God actually has a purpose for our pain, a purpose for our loss? What if it's not all going to hell in a handbasket? What if Jesus is Lord? What if God is sovereign? What if we could consider it pure joy? I look back, and this is the thing I've found so often in life. It's not until we get to the other side 
that we're able to have perspective on what we just happened. And so I want to just, uh, I can't speak to your situations fully, but I I really want to try to provide some perspective for for maybe the season that we've been in, which has been a hard season, a losing season. Um, I I don't know if you guys are like me, but the last 15 months have been really hard. Now, we have this thing where it's like, oh, you know what? Someone has it worse than us. It's true. But we can also admit when things are hard. So whatever it looks like for you, if it's been hard, it's been hard. This, This last year has been hard. COVID has directly impacted my job many times over. The church was closed for four months. Then it opened. Then it got weird. (laughs) The masks were mandatory. Then we went to 30%. Then we went to 15%. Then we went to 0%. Back on again. It's been a lot. Listen, my offices have all closed. Starbucks. Tim Hortons. We don't have our own physical space. It's been hard. I've had to make decisions I never thought I'd have to make. We found out about today two days ago. And here we are. Come on, somebody. It's just, it's it's been a really hard season. Because there's just a bunch of lessons I never thought, like, what does it look like to honor God? What does it look like to honor the government? What does it look like when you have opposing positions? Should you wear a mask behind one of these shields? Those are questions we never learned when we study theology. <laughs> Listen, in this last year, I think I've made more mistakes than ever before. I've, I've barely ever led a church, and I certainly have never led a church during a global pandemic. And I've done some things wrong. I've strained our team many times when I didn't need to strain our team. And I can look back, and I can say, man, that was the hardest season ever. That was the worst season ever. I just can't wait for things to get back to normal. Let's just get back to normal. Let's just get back to normal. But instead, what I want to do, and I want to look back over the last 15 months, and however long else. And I want to be able to say, I didn't lose. God was just pruning. God was just pruning. Because the truth is this. Had I not experienced a lot of the things that I experienced, that we experienced, and even bigger, had I not made the mistakes that I made, had I not experienced the hard and the hurt of pruning, I wouldn't be able to say, that I, I learned the lessons that I've learned today. And so I just have this belief that I'm coming out of this thing stronger. I'm coming out of this season stronger. Can I speak to you? I just believe if we can flip our perspective, not to losing, but to pruning, I think that we can come out of this season stronger. Listen, listen, I, I, again, I can't speak to your exact situations, but what if, what if the reason, come on, that you had to lose that job was so that God could actually show you what's really important. What if I actually had to lose a little bit of money so I could see the grip that money had on my heart? What if God allowed that to be pruned so I could come out stronger? This one's going to hurt, but what if that relationship needed to end it? COVID killed us, maybe. Or maybe it was a pruning. And now you can actually step into your calling. 
And so what, what, what I want to say is, what if we could come out of this season stronger? Come out of it stronger. You see, we kind of live, I think, in, in a culture and in a time right now where we despise the process. Because we want everything right here, right now, right? Uber Eats, skip the dishes, Netflix, YouTube until they started adding ads. Like I want, I, I have a friend, I literally have a friend who watches things like Netflix, but he won't even watch the whole show. He just skips to the parts that he likes. Because we live in a time, right, where we can get exactly what we want right here, right now. I don't have to experience any of the work of, of kneading the dough, of, of mixing the sauce. I can just call Nitsas and they'll be at my door in 20 minutes. But the truth is this, nothing great in life ever happens without process. And even more so in a spiritual way, nothing great ever happens without pruning. Listen, listen, listen. Had I not got rid of a bunch of those dead things in my garden, the good stuff couldn't grow. And so what if you have some dead things? What if you have some dead ideas? What if you have some, some hard parts that God needs to cut out? And sometimes the only way to get rid of the hardest parts of us is through pain. It is through loss. It's through things that we never would have experienced. What if this season's just a pruning? Now, I don't want to miss a part of this because Jesus says that not every branch is pruned. That's where the branch is, right? John 15, verse 2, it says he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit is pruned. Now, I want us to, to, to think again from the perspective of the branch or the branch. When a gardener comes and God's the gardener, as a branch, we're going to have no way to know what the purpose of those scissors are. Is he here to prune or is he here to cut off? And so I wonder, many of us, and I hope that a lot of us can see our situations now through pruning, but maybe some of us are asking ourselves, well, how do I know if I'm just cut off? How do I know if I'm just cut off? Because I can't, I can't, I can't see the difference. You see, the truth is this, and this is why the source is so important. This is why understanding if I'm connected to the source is so important. If you are connected to the source, who is Jesus, you are never cut off. You're only pruned. But if I am not, if I have not been connected to the source and the scissors come, it's not a pruning. I've been cut off. Now, some of us are thinking to ourselves online in the building, well, you know what? I'm here. <laughs> connected. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But... One thing I realized, we'll go back to my phone. Remember my phone analogy? I'll tell you one of the craziest things um, about, about Christy and I. Uh, even with our one charger, there are nights, and please tell me I'm not alone, um, where the charger will be there on the nightstand. It's plugged in, the cord's right there. And like, I'll be too tired to even plug my phone into the cord. And so I'll put my phone right beside the cord. But I won't plug it in. Anyone ever done that before? <laughs> Just me. But here's the point and here's the truth. Proximity doesn't matter. Either I'm connected or I'm not. 
You can be in the right place. You can do all the right things. I can show up. I can be spiritual. I can put a a Bible text on my arm, on my bio. I can say I'm a Christian, but the truth is this. I'm either connected or I am not. I don't get charged by being close to the source. I get charged up by being connected to the source. And so I want to encourage you. If you're connected, guess what? It's just a pruning. But if you're not connected, you've been cut off. And this may sound harsh, but there's a very important reason for it. At the end of the day, the only reason God ever cuts off anything is so that things can grow better. There's a stat, and it's a sobering stat. It says churches, I believe in North America, it could just be America. But since the pandemic has kind of ended, especially down there, Churches are seeing 30% of people that were once in church are completely gone. Not online, not coming, not showing up. One third, literally, of the church disappeared. And that can seem like, man, that's, that's, that's harsh. But the truth is this. It's actually good news. Why? Because Jesus cuts off the things that aren't growing. And when you look at the garden, when you look at the church... When the things that aren't growing get cut off, the church actually becomes more fruitful. Why? Because those that remain are ready to bear fruit. Because the way that God works is that there is always a remnant. There is always people left that are willing to do the work. And a lot of times it's not until the dead things go away that God can begin to harvest. And so I want to encourage us in this. I believe that a harvest is coming. I believe that God is about to do something amazing, not just here in St. Albert, but I think in Alberta, I think in Canada, I think in North America, I think that God is about to harvest. Don't get too excited all at once. But let me give you some good news. Some of us are so sad with the cutoff. We lost them, we lost them. At the very end of the day, God only cuts off those who want to leave. But the truth is this, and this is the beauty and this is the graciousness of God. The moment that God cuts you off, you now are a prodigal. And what that means is you can come home whenever you want. Look what he says in verse 3. He says that you have already been clean because of the words I have spoken to you. You see, the good news of Jesus is this. He's done all the hard work. He's made the sacrifice once and for all and for everyone. And so what that means is that no matter what, even if I'm cut off, I can come back. I can connect to the source at any time and in any way. Paul, in in the book called Philemon, he says this amazing thing. And he says, perhaps the reason, and he's speaking um, about Onesimus, a slave. He says, perhaps the reason you lost him for a little while was that so when he came back, he would come back better. Not as a slave, but as a brother. So the truth is this, even in the cutoff, when God brings us back, he wants us to be better. So whether it's a pruning or whether it's a cutoff, it's good news. It's always good news. That's Jesus. Come on, somebody. And so in this season, Whatever you're feeling, whether it's a cutoff or whether it's a pruning, guess what? God wants us to come back stronger. 
I just believe it. And I just believe that when we have this mindset, we will come back stronger. Is there anyone that wants to get strong this morning? Come on, somebody. Jesus is the vine. He is the source. We're the branches. Let's just stand for a second, church. I want to just give us a chance to respond, and it's just a simple response. If you just want to say, hey, I want to come out stronger. I want to grow in this season. I want to produce fruit in this season. I want to give you the chance right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're saying, I want to come out stronger, just raise your hand. We're going to pray together. So I want to come out stronger in this season. You can raise your hands. You can open your hands. Let's just receive this online at home. I want to come out stronger. Jesus, thank you that you are the vine, and I thank you that I'm just a branch. That my power is in you. Our power is in you, God. I pray that out of this season, whether we've been pruned or even if we've been cut off, we can come back stronger. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for your goodness, for your grace, and your love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We pray in your name. Amen, amen. Let's clap our hands for the Lord. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. If you want more information, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.